It's never a dull day in the markets and it's never a dull day with our next guest, Gareth Soloway, Chief Market Strategist at InTheMoneyStocks.com. We're going to be talking about GME, the game stock shares, what's going on, what's going on in the broad markets. And Gareth will be playing a live charting game with us at the end. So stay tuned at the end, till the very end for that. Gareth, welcome back to the show. Thanks, David. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure. We speak semi-regularly now, and there's always something new to talk about. I, I know I'm beating a dead horse here because we've talked about GameStop, you and I, quite a bit, but it's 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 come back to life. It, it was it was buried, and then now it's back. It's like you know, it's like Michael Jackson doing the uh, you know the uh, the Thriller. It's back to life. It's it's back at 267 bucks now, or above actually. It, it reached uh, yeah, almost at 300. What's going on? Yeah, so I mean, it looks like uh, the hope is that they're going to make the company into a more digitalized company. I think they hired the founder of Chewy, or or he came on board. I know he's a big investor, and um, you know that's just all it takes for these Reddit, you know, Wall Street bets to pile back on. And let's be honest, I mean, it's not just Wall Street bets. There are hedge funds in there. Um, they know they can utilize the Wall Street bets crowd to to push the stock as well. So I'm sure there's a lot of that. But the volatility yesterday was incredible. The stock got to close to $350 and then dumped out all the way down to about 172 in a matter of minutes. I mean, if you take out, they halted the stock three times on the decline. But if you took it out, it was about five minutes of market action. Incredible incredible and of course you know me you know when it when it was up at the 400 and change level i was shorting it so i was back in the market yesterday doing that same thing <laughs> I, I like to uh, decipher some of the um the facts from fiction i've been hearing a lot from people that i know who are trading it i've been hearing it oh i've been reading some uh, some posts from the wall street bets community so what one of the theories i've heard is that the institutions are are also coming in. So rival hedge funds are, sort of, are trying to squeeze out their competitors who are short. Is there any indication of that being true right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there is. There's always a battle between hedge funds. And, and it's important to get the, the difference between fact and fiction. In fact, I just showed uh, my trades from yesterday on the screen there. And you guys can see, uh, these are this is what I did yesterday. So you can see these are my actual trades from my Merrill Edge account. And, uh, you know, I wasn't doing crazy share size, 200 shares, two, 300, 300, 300. But you can see the type of volatility that this breeds, the profits that I was able to generate yesterday, close to $40,000 in profits. Uh, just one loser in there where I uh, exited at a certain point where I thought I needed to before uh, re-adding at higher levels. But, I mean, just an incredible volatile move. But you're absolutely right that at this point, you are seeing hedge funds battling each other. There's lots that think the stock is going to go back to $20 or go out of business. And there's others that are saying, you know what, we can take advantage of them with the Wall Street bets crowd and run this thing up and squeeze them out. And I think that's probably why it got close to $350 yesterday. Okay. Now, let's talk about uh, why you decided to get out and then get back in. W were you looking at any news from either Twitter, Reddit, or were you just looking at the technicals? Yeah, it was more the technicals, and that's really it's it's a momentum technical chart. So what I saw was the stock was getting closer and closer to 300. And what I've noticed, and this is something I use in my everyday trading, is that even numbers are like magnets. They pull stocks to them, they push through them briefly, and then they'll reverse. So I was short that one four thousand dollar loss yesterday. I was short, and I no, noticed that it was likely going to push above 300. So I said, you know what, let me take this small loss and then reshort it once it gets above 300. So that's exactly what I did. But but again, you know, it's it's a wild trading stock. And, and please notice that 
for my account size, two to 300 share increments is small for me. And I, and I don't, cause I don't want a lot of average investors to think, holy cow, he's doing this with a massive amount of money. It's all relative. It wasn't a big risk for me at the time. Um, and I want people to understand that. How much company news is involved in the big swing? Because I'm looking at the AMC stock right now that hasn't moved up as dramatically. Yeah, you're right. So I think I think a lot has to do with this whole idea that this uh, Chewy, former Chewy player, is getting involved. And and the idea is, I mean, GameStop could be massive. And, and I understand that you could almost argue that the share price could be legitimate up here if they really had this pivot. But the problem is that investors are missing is that to get this pivot going, they would literally have to probably raise about $5 billion of capital, which would be insanely dilutive to current shareholders. Um, so the turnaround, if they went digital, could be awesome, but the shareholders currently would get diluted tremendously. They went digital. What do you mean by going digital? Like they're, with, their, with, their, uh, with their stores, they would be going online with digital stores? That, that's what I think the, the end game is. I okay. think that's the only way they can survive is by doing it somewhere where how you rent these games online or you, you, you know you go to more of a Netflix model. Remember Netflix at one point was was mailing out DVDs to people's houses and then they went digital. Yeah, I mean you're competing with Steam, Stadia, PlayStation. I mean this is not this is not sure. a brand new sector anymore, Gareth. You're 100% right, which is why every time it pops up here, I short it. I, I can't make sense of it really, but for the most part, I think that's what investors are hoping for. All right, let's talk about the markets now. Broad market action, S&P 500. Now, last time you were on the show, which is not too long ago, you had you, you had said that we're reaching a top, we're reaching a peak. I remember you said that 4,000 4, points for the S&P 500 yeah. was sort of your upside target. Are you still maintaining that view? Yeah, yeah. So I would expect a pierce of the 4,000 level on the S&P. In fact, we're up there making new highs today. I believe spiders are at above, above 395 right now. The one market I do think has topped, and this is the one that I was short going into when we talked last time, I was heavily short the NASDAQ. And that where that we actually covered our short positions at the lows. We had QID on, on the long, which is two times short the QQQ. We got out of that position yeah. for a nice gain. Um, so those type of ones I did exit, but I am looking to reshort the Qs right here. There's a beautiful gap fill, and I think we'll get there. There's mm -hmm. another level. I want to just show this real quick. The three moving average lines here, if you're a little bit more aggressive, you would short it right here. This is what's called a necktie, where two major moving averages, in this case, the 20 moving average and the 50 moving average, they converge. That's a huge amount of resistance. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got a one or two day pullback off of that before we pushed up towards that gap fill. But in my opinion, uh, I think the NASDAQ has put in a multi-year top at this point, while the S&P is getting close. And the Dow, again, with the reopening trade, could still go higher for a couple months. Okay. Now, I wonder um, whether or not you are still short Tesla. <laughs> we talked about this before. It has seen a huge drop from its highs. And I, look, I'm not, a, I'm not a technical expert like you, but it looks to me like it's sort of hit, uh, hit support and it's bouncing around at the support level right now. What do you think? Yeah, so so I, I still have my big position. I traded around it, obviously, like traders do, where I was able to get out of some shares at the lows or near the lows. But I still have a core position short on this. Uh, you can see the level it bounced off of. Look at this beautiful trend line right down here. And this is the beauty of charting these parallel lines. And you can see, again, this low pivot connector just goes right to where we bottomed out. And then the stock has actually bounced back per yesterday back to the 20 moving average. I actually think it's going to go a little bit higher. You see this upsloping, this kind of this secondary trend line in blue right here. Then you have the 50 yeah. moving average. 
And then right here, you have a gap fill. Notice how all three of those levels are together. That'll be where I reload the shares that I cover on the short side. All right, let me ask you this from a trading perspective, not a product perspective, from a trading perspective, which do you like least, Tesla or GME? If you had to pick the two to short, what would it be? I'd, I'd short GME, actually. I would short GME. I think, I think at some point we'll be talking about it at 50 bucks again. Uh, or sub $50. Um, Tesla, percentage-wise, I do think it's going down, but not as much as uh, you know, GameStop. We are covering the PDAC this week. It's the uh, largest conference for metals and mining in the world this year. We're doing it virtually. So I like to tie the discussion into the theme of metals and mining, although uh, for just a quick uh, segment here, let's talk about the mining index, GDX. Can we pull up a chart on that? And let's go over the technicals, Gareth. Yeah, I love the GDX. In fact, I was a buyer with my members um, just down in the $30 range, just around $31. Uh, we picked it up, I think, at $30.95 to be precise. The reason I did it was very simple, is you had this gap fill right here. You had all this consolidation on the chart. You basically retraced into there. If you look at this pattern here, from this high pivot on GDX, which was around $45, all the way down to this $31 to $30 level, it's basically just a slow grind lower. All right. And that, if you zoom out, is actually bullish. Right. So this is a sharp move up and then consolidation. Essentially, it's working off the overbought condition that was created by this dramatic move up. That is very bullish. The fact that over the course of what, since July, this has only retraced um, basically half of the move from the low here to here. That is incredibly digestive for this uh, ETF. And I think this is going to go much higher. I'm still in. We're up a couple dollars on this at this point, And I think it's going to go much, much higher. And in the short term, you're probably looking about $35, $36. Um, longer term, you should see new highs above 45 Okay. Now, I've heard that the GDX or gold mining stocks in general, they tend to lead the gold bullion in price performance. Do you think that's true? I do think it's true. I've seen this in the past and I traded for a long, long time. And it was one of the reasons why I still continued to accumulate um, gold over the last week, even when I saw gold going lower. So, you know, if you remember, I talked about how basically from the 2009, uh, 2011 breakout, we did a 382 retrace and then we went higher. Uh, the same kind of thing happened or is happening, in my opinion, where we did another Fibonacci 382 retrace. Now, we did overshoot that to the downside. Um, and a lot of people were like, oh, no, is this breaking that that mantra, that 382 Fibonacci retrace? And in my opinion, it's partially Bitcoin. There's a little bit due to Bitcoin. But also the fact that the, the miners are performing so well gave me confidence to just accumulate. And we have seen the GLD move off the lows nicely over the past couple of days. Okay. Now, Gareth, let's move on to the fun part of the segment. Let's talk about you. We're going to talk about your trading history, your background, and how it is you've developed your style, and what better way to demonstrate your style than with a live charting exercise. So would you do the honors, please? Show us your screen. I know you've got the uh, chart game pulled up. Absolutely. Once you've got your screen pulled up, I'll explain to the viewers what's going on here. So here we have a chart game. It's pure technical analysis. I played this game with a guest I had on last week. It was a lot of fun. What we do here is we have a chart in front of us. It doesn't have the ticker symbol. It doesn't have the time frame. It is not going to tell you any other information besides what you see on the screen. You can select a few technical indicators in the bottom before you begin. And all you have to do is decide to buy, short, or hold. The black boxes um, do nothing. So you, you, you do nothing until the next trading session. At the end of the game, it'll tell you a return. So let's, uh, let's have some fun, Gareth. 
Wonderful, wonderful. All right. So so right off the bat, and I'm going to analyze this out loud because I want people to learn from this. And listen, I could be wrong. I've been yeah. wrong before. That's that's no no doubt. Sure. But what it sure. looks like is the stock was oversold, started to bounce, hit this moving average, and then began to make bullish consolidation. And the last candle closed above that moving average. I don't know which moving average it is, but to me, this would be a buy chart. Let's see. Oh, looks good. Are you going to put any indicators at all, or uh, are you are you are you good with just a moving average? How do you just how do you trade? Average. What's your style? My That's, style oh, wow, is as okay. simple as possible. All right. So all the other stuff, RSI, Bollinger Bands, that's just noise. It's just distraction. Yeah. I mean, occasionally in, in weird situations, I take a look at it. Like, for instance, the RSI, one of the stocks that I recently shorted uh, just yesterday is Viacom. Um, I love the chart. It's into major resistance. Um, and the fact that the RSI is now above 80 gives me a lot of confidence that my analysis <laughs> in terms of the technicals is correct. So stuff like that, occasionally yeah. I'll look at. But for the most part, you know, price pattern and time, the three factors I follow, that's it. Well, I do hear from another regular guest of mine that uh, uh, movements, standard deviations from the mean is very important to him. So if something moves up or down like two, three standard deviations, even if the fundamentals are against that particular security, it's going to mean revert. Um, do you agree with that thesis, that psychology? I do. I do. In fact, I use the... The, the analogy of a pendulum very often with my traders where when a pendulum, if you hold a pendulum, right, and you pull it all the way to one side and you let it go, you know, it's really overbought on this side. Eventually, it's going to swing all the way back and you'll see an equalish oversold situation. And then eventually kind of goes back and forth and you'll get moves back and forth until it kind of solidifies at its new price range. So absolutely. Okay. I won't interrupt you for a few minutes. I'll let you play the game and uh, walk us through your uh, walk us through how you're thinking through this. All right, so I guess, again, I've never played this before, but I guess I can stay long or sell or take profits or, or go on to the next one. I say we stay long. Uh, okay. Well, if, like you, if you stay long, in. by the way, you can just press the black box. I think if you press buy again, you're, you're, buying, you're buying more positions, but you can oh. just, if you want to do nothing, you can just uh, stay long and press the black, black box. Okay, gotcha. Okay, sorry about that. I didn't know that. That's okay. Yeah, you're still long right now. Okay. I can't see on the screen, but what's your PL? Looks like down 40. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say as long, all right, so just on a technical basis, as long as it doesn't take out this low here of 14, I don't know what, what price this is, maybe 13 and change, we'll stay long. Let's see what happens. See, that's right at the bottom. Let's see if it bounces. Holds there. There we go. And let's take one more. There we go. P&L up 29,000. And we'll stay long for one more. All right, we'll sell. Here. Is there Let's a... <laughs> okay, now, it, I, I can't remember. Did you select the day trading option or the swing trading option? Swing trading is, I believe, I selected. Okay, so is there a... Is it giving you a time or a date at the top? Um, not that I'm seeing, but again, I've never done okay. this before, so I could be wrong. Okay. All right, let's continue then. All right, so, so if I... So how looks do like I go to the, the green. next chart? Well, there isn't a next chart. It's it just oh, keeps okay. it keeps going. Oh, okay, okay. I see what I see what you're saying. Oh, nice move up here. It'll move the chart along. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Let's buy it here. All right, that's that, a good that buy. That moving average line looks like it's trending up. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. And notice where I bought it right here off of the moving average. It kind of kissed that moving average. There we go. Back into it. 
So would you do this in real life, Gareth? Would you would you would you would you would uh, just do nothing for a couple of trading sessions, just feel out the market? I mean, if I'm swing trading, yeah. I mean, if I'm so so the key is it's it's all about what your time frame is. So as a day trader, sometimes I'm in and out of positions within you know minutes. Um, versus yeah. swing trading, I like to let things breathe a little because I'm looking for the bigger mm -hmm. move. So basically, just to mm -hmm. analyze this for those of you guys that are watching at home, notice it's right on those moving averages. If it closes below, we'll exit this trade. Otherwise, you know, you got to kind of let it roll and say, okay, well, it's still holding support here. So let's see if it can't go up. And see, now it's out, it's down. So I'll, I'll exit you see, there. Now, I, I, you see, this is where you and I, I would say, well, we're in the green. Let's just take profits and start over. But you're, you're writing it out. What's, well, and, what's your psychology there? Again is that, that you know to make us you know for me I'm looking for those bigger moves on swing trades right so I'm looking for the the big scores of 10 plus percent um, I found that if I take too small and this is a, this is a great lesson for us as, as investors is that a lot of people are so eager to take those profits but when they have a loss it's going to be a bigger loss and you can't really go by that you want to for me I want to at least make 10 percent on a swing trade now if it's a day trade obviously that's a different game you're buying much larger share size taking much smaller gains. But you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, well, you know, if I'm going to make 100% a year, I don't want to lose 1,000% on the year, right? So, so for yeah. me, that's why yeah, I look what, at what you, you have a You have well, a day trader mindset, uh, David, which is not a bad I'm, thing. I'm very bad at both. I'm very bad at both, which is why you're doing the trading and I'm asking you the questions. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. But tell us a bit about your... Tell us a bit about your background while you're doing this so we can learn about, uh, learn about you while we see you in action. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I mean, I, one thing I love to tell investors is that I'm no different than anyone else, is that uh, basically I started with $10,000 to day trade with. That was it. Um, I, I came from relatively humble beginnings. Um, my parents were both teachers, and uh, I know they, they were never investors. And um, when I decided to go into day trading, it was after, you know, in high school, I played this, you know, the, the stock market game or whatever. And it was in the late 90s. And that was when these, these you know, it was kind of in the mid 90s, let's be fair. And these, these stocks were just going nuts. And, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the ability to see, to make money, like by clicking a mouse button, you know, in and out. Um, and when I started day trading, again, I had about $10,000. I got leverage from a prop firm and they gave me 50000 and I basically would lose money and I'd have to work three jobs to replenish it. And then I'd lose money again and I'd work my butt off again and save every penny I could. And I slowly over time began to develop a methodology where I was making money. Um, but my point is that no one starts uh, as a pro. No one in the world is going to start as a pro. You're going to start, you're going to lose money. You're going to take your lumps. You're going to have to learn to control emotion. And by doing that over time, you will get better and better. So, so just remember that as you know, I know so many new investors are out there in this market now. Um, you know, it takes time. Go small on share size because you're going to lose a few times. And the point is to learn. Use that as a learning experience. People mm -hmm. often say to me, "Oh, you know, I lost this much money," and I say, "Well, you know, if you went to be a, a brain surgeon, you'd be making half a million bucks a year, but you would have had to be in school for this long. You probably would have a half a million dollars in in school debt." Um, if you're going to lose some money in the market, let's say you lose 50000 learning how to do it, that's a cheaper education to make more money. I make more than half a million trading, folks. Um, so, you know, it's just, that's the point there. Keep, keep patient, be patient, and, and study. Great. All right. Well, great lesson there. Great advice. Let's continue with the game. All right. So it's back above those moving averages, back into the moving averages. Hmm. This is the tough one. It's retraced. I'm going to stay on the sidelines here. It looks like it's moving up here. 
Wait, are you in right now, or are you still on the sidelines? Oh, I'm just watching here. Okay. I'm not seeing anything. Now it's breaking down. If it can go a little bit lower, I'd be interested. Let's see if it, no, not going lower yet. Why does it need to go lower? Oh, because I'm basically I'm noticing this support right here, which we're now kissing. So right here, kissing support. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, I'm going to look. Let's see. All right, now I'm going to buy. No, I don't like that. Starting to make a bear now, flag. In, in, in real life, you'd probably be factoring in some news as well, right? Or yeah, It's possible, right? Yeah, absolutely yeah. possible. All right, so I exited, folks, and the reason I did, all right, so this is a classic bear flag with the moving average above, and so to me, that tells me it's going to go lower, and so far, it looks like that next candle was, so that was a smart exit. Mm -hmm. Now popping right. back up. Now it's back above the moving averages. Now it's pushing oh, back something's up. something's going on with this company, Gareth. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is a fun game, by it's the amazing. way. Did you, yeah, is this I, your I, company, I, David? Is this, <laughs> <laughs> this is not my company. I remember. I remember. I was first introduced to this game way back in uh, in college. I studied finance, and so in an applied investments class, we had a professor who was a very, very much a fundamentalist. He doesn't. I, I don't want to say he doesn't believe in in, in technical analysis, but he kind of just like he, he doesn't understand it. And so he brought on a technical analyst just to give a, sort of a contrary opinion on how to invest, so to speak. And he introduced us to this game. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. What are we at now? You you close you close the game. I just closed. How do we do? It, the game just ended, and I was up uh, five thousand bucks, five percent. Wow! Congratulations. <laughs> what's your what's your position size? Um, I don't even know how to tell that. How do you tell that? What's Cash? the number of the what's the number? What's oh, the number 000. there? Like I oh no, that's the shares. The yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. No, but no, at the top at the top. Uh, if you zoom in there at the top, it it tells you the. Your uh, how much you were up and your initial position at the bottom. Oh, okay. It says uh, I was up five point four percent or five thousand five thousand one hundred and forty two dollars. My cash is one hundred five thousand now at the end of that trade. I okay. Guess. So you started yeah. with a hundred grand and you're up five grand. Oh, good job. Five percent. Very good. If I could just say one more thing about education in terms of understanding and trading, yeah. one of the biggest changes I made that made me a better profitable trade is a counterintuitive thing. And, and what I did was I, I started to buy smaller share size and leg into positions. And I started to do this because I realized that, and it was more of a humble thing. You know, once you lose a certain amount of times, you start to realize that the market is its own entity. And when I was a new trader, I came into the markets always saying, I'm going to be right. This is the level to buy. And I put the whole position on, you know, a thousand shares of XYZ, whatever it may be. And sometimes I'd be right. And then sometimes I would get smoked. And what I found is by learning to be humble with the market and legging in, like starting with 200 shares. And then if it comes down a little bit more, adding 200 shares, you become a better trader. And it's been one of the best successful things that we have done as traders here at InTheMoneyStocks.com. Our traders love doing this. Um, for instance, we had GE today as a day trade. And we got in and it went a little bit lower. We got in, went a little bit lower. And we got in a little bit more, accumulating a full position with a great average. And ultimately, that's the way I have found is a smart way to make better money. It's kind of counterintuitive because you think, oh, I'm starting with a smaller share size. But remember, be humble with the market. Understand that levels can get pierced both sides when you're trading technicals. And by legging in, you'll do much, much better. Mm -hmm. All right, Garrett. I know I can uh, I can talk to you all day, but I know you got to go. So uh, 
I'll let yeah. you go for now, and uh, I'll see you next time. Thank you very much awesome. for coming in today. Thanks so much, David, and let's play this again next time. Let's play it again. We'll see if we can make more than 5%. That was already very good, but uh, we'll yeah. see if we can Every do better. Every time i got to beat it, or there's got to be a penalty. How about that? Every yeah, but you can't, you can't practice at home because that no. would be cheating. No practicing. No. I won't even go to the <laughs> website again until we meet again. <laughs> All right. Thank you for watching Kiko News. I'm David Lynn. Stay tuned for more coverage.